This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. It's the MVSP Season 3, Episode 61. Man, we're getting up there in episode numbers, Brandon. But we got a great episode for you guys today. Fair State Preview, as always, coming up with the weekend action. Some NBA basketball again. Talk about the conclusion of the Pistons season and kind of what we're looking forward to for next year and how the young core is going to develop on the offseason, as well as some Tigers talk for some MLB baseball to close out the show and maybe an MV3 if we feel like it at the end and if we got some time. But, Brandon, it's day for dogs. It's a great day for Ferris Athletics and Ferris State as a whole. Some good money is getting raised for the programs. It's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. This episode, of course, being recorded on Wednesday before I get on a bus to go to Pennsylvania, which, Joe, thank you for your cooperation with that, my hey, friend. Hey, no problem. So, um, But yeah, Day for Dogs is upon us. For those that have donated, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all that are coming in for everything, whether it's the broadcasting fund, whether it's the sports altogether, the programs, the scholarship funds, whatever you donated for. If you donated on Day for Dogs, I appreciate that and so much of all of us, students, athletes, faculty, administration, all Bulldogs. Love to see Mm -hmm. our program succeed. And with these funds, every program can succeed. So, But there is still time, I believe. If you want to go donate, go to the Ferris State website, Mm -hmm. ferrisstatebulldogs.com, and you will find a link uh, on one of the recent news stories to show where to support the Bulldogs and where you can go to donate. I believe For you can sure. actually even text a phone number if I want to say correctly, and you can donate directly without even having to sign up for anything. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty really cool. sweet. So I believe the number was on here somewhere, if I remember correctly, but uh, you can find that all out online uh, at firstdaybulldogs.com or text, wait for it, ODFD. To 71777. Just a bunch of sevens, One I guess. Day for dogs. So O O D F D to 71777 to make your donation. Keep in mind message and data rate supply. Mm. I feel like they say that message, even though it's kind of, you know, even, I feel included, like you know, I've, immediately going in. I feel like phone plans have kind of morphed into the people that don't really care about that anymore. Yeah. That's not really a problem. But I would agree with way, that. There's some good money that's been raised so far. I think soccer's at, what, 10000 or so. TDMP is yeah. at 14000 And there are some other programs that are jumping up in the numbers as well, Brandon. Yeah. But I and think, it's only noon, too. We've yeah, still, dude, got, we we get, still we got, got 12, 12 more hours to go, baby. 12, 12.40 right now as, as we're talking here. So we got a lot of more time left. Go out there. And, uh, I mean, hey, I mean, I don't know when we're going to upload this episode, so I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll be huge. We'll give you all those on to next week's episode, which also, breaking news, mock draft coming next week. Stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe and follow to hear uh, our oh, thoughts baby. on what happens when the NFL draft. It's going to be an absolute blast. And I know I got some very interesting picks that I would love to take. And I know Joe has his as well. So you're going to want to take to stick, stick tuned to that. I can't speak today. Stay tuned. So make sure that you subscribe and follow on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. We are catching up. We got some latest episodes that have been released, including our one with Paige Quartz, which was just yesterday as we're recording this. Thanks to her. You can check that out in the feed below as well but joe where do we start first in the report my friend i think golf golf it is it's gonna be a big weekend for men's golf we got the gliac championships augusta i mean this is it's it's augusta 
You know, it's a big deal. I mean, it's not the one that everybody's talking about, but it's Augusta, Michigan. It's going to be a big one. But it's still cool, I guess. You're playing golf at Augusta. Mm -hmm. Just just that sentence by itself is going to be pretty sweet. But there's a lot going to be going into this tournament for sure. I mean, a title on the line. And, I mean, for us, we got a target on our back. We took this one from last year. I remember writing the recap on it for the torch, and it was just an, an, an ecstatic time. It, it really was spectacular. And just seeing all the success overall this season has got me very confident in this team. And we have a lot to look forward to when it comes up this weekend. It's looking like it's supposed to be pretty solid weather. I mean, it's not going to be 70 and sunny most likely, but obviously in Michigan you don't expect that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a great tournament. I mean, we come in, we're coming off of a tournament um, where we beat and we finished ahead of a lot of the teams that are in the pack for the GLIAC title. So being able to see that, that's really going to bring some confidence going into this upcoming tournament. For sure, and I'm kind of excited to see our our – Kind of like our three, four, and five spot uh, golfers because Thomas and Nathan have been able to really have that consistency and really been able to play super well getting into, you know, low 70s, high 60s and play at that level. But I'm excited to see like where, because it's going to come down to our three, four, five golfers uh, for if we want to make it in the late later spots of the tournament because first and second day, it's going to kind of be just getting the feel for the course and stuff. I mean, you'll have your practice round, but it'll still just kind of be playing pretty solid and making sure you're, you know, hitting your shots and kind of not going too crazy. But I think the third and fourth day is when we're going to see uh or sorry the second and third day is when we're going to see a lot of like kind of the golfers who are going to kind of take more risks I think and that's going to be where you're going to see some more separation so I think if we have some consistency from our bottom half of the lineup I think we're going to be pretty solid yeah for sure and I mean just seeing Nathan Crinton going off in his last round being finishing third overall in that Bill Blazer Memorial Tournament from just last weekend and then Thomas obviously with a top 11 finish as well is doing really well but the three, four, five guys have been doing just as well for sure. I mean, they put mm-hmm. together some really solid performances over this weekend that definitely would put some would put some people on notice, especially that team from Allendale that was the only team in the GLIAC to finish ahead of us in this tournament and likely would be the one that we would line up to face once again in a championship bout, most likely, if you were to put a bet on paper right now. But, I mean, Zach Comer, Shane Buffet, Josh Jeffords, They've all had big rounds so far this year already. So we've seen them being able to really crack down and have those elite type of rounds. And, I mean, we just put those all together. We're going to be in great shape because, really, mm-hmm. that's, the I think, the only thing we haven't seen yet. We've seen everybody individually take their share and have a huge round and be the top on the team. But just seeing them all together is really what we're missing. And, I mean, now would be the best time that you'd want to see that happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Zach Kroner, Shane Buffet, and Josh Jeffords have really been able to, uh, all three of them, like they, it's not really a set of who's kind of like been the one so far this season that's kind of like slowed down a little bit. They all start off pretty hot and then they, you know, improve in the second one. So it kind of just, it, it, that's a nice thing about having them three is like, there's not really a set three, four, five. They're just put there because like, I mean, just because Thomas and uh, Nathan start off so hot on the day, and then uh, for them to be able to kind of hold that anchor down is going to be really solid. Anchor down, obviously. Anchor down. But that's not what I meant when I said anchor down. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I think we're still going to be pretty solid if they are able to kind of come out hot in the first round and kind of keep that low. I think if we get in the high 70s, that's going to be the problem. So I think if they start off – because what – 
they've had like 75 plus for the past couple of tournaments where they started out on. But I think if we get below 75 on the first day, it'll give us a little bit more insurance. Uh, and we'll be able to kind of have a little bit more slip-ups in the, in the next couple rounds. But I think keeping it under 75 for them three is going to be the goal. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at what Grand Valley um, is bringing back, four out of the five of the team that we took on and beat last year in the GLIAC Men's Golf Championship Finals, so only losing their number five guy. So, really, you're looking at the same team on paper once again, right? Mm-hmm. And our team is obviously shaking up a little bit. I mean, you got Shane Buffet, and you also got – um, Zach Corner to substitute in for uh, Trent Barth and Adam Madster. But still, those three guys, Jeffords, Kranick, Hersing, all back together and ready to make another run at it. So, I mean, that's really going to make it fun on paper. I mean, we're going to have some we're going to have some pretty good teams to face up against. Um, they had some pretty solid performances. I mean, Wayne State ended up finishing in fourth, which was a little bit of a surprise. But, I mean, Davenport and Northwood also put together pretty solid performances as well. So, you look at a lot of those teams and you – you saw them last year as a little bit more towards the bottom, but they're starting to creep up a little bit. So the path may get a little bit harder, but still, the end goal is in sight, and there's definitely a lot to look forward to this weekend because, I mean, in reality, it's going to come down to that final round, and just like we saw last year, it ain't over till it's over. There is plenty of golf to be played when we end up winning in those final five holes from last year. So the come, the turnaround, the come around. We'll be here as soon as we know it. It just seems like we were talking the, like last month. It's like, yep, a month away from the Augusta. The season's just beginning, and now literally snap of a finger. It's all just come back around, and I feel yeah. very old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry. we're juniors, are right? It's weird. Yeah, I mean, time's flying so fast right now. Like, we're already halfway Time's basically zooming. through uh, outdoor and spring seasons already. And yeah. it just seemed like last week we were talking about spring previews. It's weird. Yikes. Time flies too it's fast. It's really weird. I ain't gonna lie. It's I don't know. By this time next year, we'll be getting ready to graduate, which is even crazier. So oh boy, I don't even know. I don't want to think about that. We'll hop into softball to take our minds off. Yes, we got Davenport coming up on Friday in a couple in a couple days. They're gonna be coming to Big Rapids and Grand Valley as well. Is gonna be coming to town for these next two uh, matchups on Saturday. It's gonna be a good one. Anchor Anchor Bone Classic, and as well as Davenport, who's a solid team. Uh, new. I mean, when we talked to Paige a little bit, they said that they were, you know, getting ready to play both of them, especially with Davenport. They're a little bit lower the road in the GLIAC, but still a tough team that can really shake it up a little bit. But you know, making it so that we can beat Grand Valley, so that way that first uh first win of the season when we beat them isn't a fluke is kind of the goal here. So I'm excited to see what we're able to do when we get runners on base because that's been kind of the name of the game so far is when we are able to. When the bats are rolling, we're good, but we have a problem of leaving runners on base, which is not the best thing. Yeah, that's been one of the things that we've had a little bit of troubles with, and especially like last week in game two, uh, after beating Purdue like handily in the in the first game, um, being then we'd have more hits the second game, and we just left people on base. That was kind of a tough thing, a tough pill to swallow a little bit, and that's kind of been a little bit of a, I don't want to say like a, a negate to the season, because we're still having a pretty solid season, yeah. but obviously... We're not where we want to be, right? I would, I think everybody would agree with that, especially softball as themselves, as they said, uh, time and time again. But the, you look at where they're at right now. You're in te- you're ten games in in the conference right now. You got three wins. Um, it's not where you want to be, but there's nothing to lose, right? There's nothing to lose, and you're in a position now where you have beaten these teams that are in the top spots. We've literally taken one from GV. We mm-hmm. beat Purdue last week. And I mean Saginaw, we took. I think it was to a final of one nothing. I mean yeah. that's 
that's a literally swing of the bat can change that game. Literally, exact, and that's just something that it just happens in the game of softball where you know if you have an opportunity to get somebody on base, you got to bring them in because the more you leave people on base, the more momentum going away from your favor. So I think that's something that we can definitely improve on as far as not necessarily getting a bunch of hits because we're doing really good a job at that. Just stringing them together to bring runs across the plate. That's been the little bit of the the difference so far in how we could be potentially a seven-win team compared to a three-win team right now in conference play. Yeah, and uh, especially turning around this weekend, I mean, we got two more games, or three games this homestand, and we got Northwood coming to town next week, and then we have a little bit of a road road stint, and then we have home basically for the rest of the season. So I think getting it started now and giving us kind of a little bit of a streak to go into these tough teams, and we got Purdue Northwest to start off and stuff, and we got some tough teams that are going to be on that uh road stand so getting that streak is going to be pretty solid uh for us especially going out of out of town out of state and kind of just getting on the bus which is going to be not always the best thing uh, when you're trying to you know come up with a streak and play well in the last part of the season so yeah for sure if we can get um if we can get we've seen improvements from the pitching staff if we can get a next step down that that's going to just be more benefit for us especially and it's a very it's a good possibility against Davenport we're going to get the bats rolling right they're not as strong as a pitching team as Grand Valley State is I mean the ERA can show that Davenport had a three and a half GV almost half that at 181 so that's a huge difference as far as pitching quality is concerned every game's different though but I mean right now we're in a position where we're starting to get the bats rolling but our pitchers are still giving up three, four, five runs within the first couple when within the first couple uh, innings for uh, early in these games. So that's something that's going to be hard to to climb back. We've seen that a couple times where we've beaten a team and we just get off to a little bit of a sluggish start. The other team gets their bats rolling and we just can't catch up. The momentum's totally against us. We're climbing uphill and just can't reach that far. But there's still a lot that we can improve on and there's still a lot of time to do that. And I have confidence in this team and we can certainly bring them around and make sure. Uh, that we can see them competing really well as the GLIAC postseason <laughs> right around the corner once again. And once again, I'll say, I feel old. Yeah. It's just one of those days, man. <laughs> it is one of those days. It's oh, like a little man. bit, that's the one thing, especially outside of it, it's like a little bit gloomy. Yeah. It's not rainy, but like, you know, it did rain last night a little bit. And then also you just kind of like got the clouds in the sky. So it's just like, you just feel slow today, which isn't like the best, but. Yeah, happens, it was supposed to, it was supposed to like storm today too, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, which is pretty crazy. But also, off topic here, when pe- who came up with the phrase raining cats and dogs? And what what like reference of fact does that have towards anything related to weather? That's what I do. For you. What does it mean, what raining cats and dogs? Somebody told me that the other day. Cats and dogs. I don't understand what that would be. Cats and dogs may come from the Greek expression katadoxa, which means contrary to experience or belief. If it's raining cats or dogs, it is raining unusually or unbelievably hard. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. I was just like thank wait, the Greeks for that one. I guess so. Thanks, like Aristotle. But I that's just such a weird phrase to me. Like I'd heard it all my life, and I'm sure we've grown up hearing that, yeah, it's raining cats and dogs outside, and we're like, oh yeah, it's raining really heavy, but like where the cats and the dogs specifically came from? Because you know it could be raining bricks, it could be raining, you know, anything else that would like relate, like, and give you some sort of a similarity to like dense and like 
the yeah. hardness of the droplets say, coming down. But I just it's say, like, man, it's raining really hard out there. Yeah, that's it's, usually what I say. It's just weird. I mean, if anybody knows the historical backstory, I would love to know. So I would really love to know what raining cats and dogs mean. But you can tell us. Follow us at the MVSP on Instagram and Twitter. Send us a DM. See, wait. Why does it rain cats and dogs? <laughs> I will tell you why. Give me your TED Talk, your PowerPoint presentation. I would love to hear about it because I am very confused on what that that phrase means. But anyway, back on track here. Uh, we're going over now to track and field. Track and field, Joe? Sure. All right, track and field it is. We are going to have a split squad meet. I know it's not on the schedule, which is great because I have the insider for you. Uh, half the team going on Thursday. Um, to Siena Heights to take part in that invitational down down south. And well, it's going to be a pretty nice one. I mean, it's a Thursday meet, which is really nice. And I know I said this on the last pod. I'm pretty jealous because they get to run Thursday and then have a nice couple days off break before Easter. So that's pretty nice for them. Uh, others, a uh, select few will be going to the Bison Outdoor Classic in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, home of Bucknell University. Uh, and I'm really excited for that one. I'm one of the, the few privileged to be able to attend that trip. And I'm really looking forward to taking on some really good competition at a really, really prestigious meet. That's one I've had on my calendar since freshman year. And it's certainly been one that I've been looking forward to for a long time. And I'm really looking forward to this meet all together. But really looking forward to seeing all of our teammates improve. I mean, we saw a huge step outdoors um, this last week from the, the the previous start of the season at Spartan, and even some in their first meets because we had a couple that were out and they, they weren't able to compete at MSU and really put together some really good performances last week as well. So uh, it's going to be a fun to see how they all do. I know the Siena Heights meet is going to be really cool for a lot of uh, athletes to compete in different events. I know we got some guys that are trying out a new event just to see what it feels like and being able to uh, get a get a firm idea on what that an event entails, especially now going towards conference where we're solidifying what events we're going to be participating in. So it's going to be really fun to see how those all those results hand out. My voice just changed super weird, and I don't know why that <laughs> did that. I don't have no idea. But anyway, I'm going to keep on track like I'm a professional here. Uh, there's a lot that goes into these meets and the preparation and over the last week like we've had so much good improve or really really good improvement and now that we're seeing a lot of the the improvement come over for a lot of people uh has been really good to see there have been some people that um have also like had some tough times in training as well i know i've had some troubles early on especially over the last three months and now seeing some of that work come into fruition and even like the change of scenery as well can be such a huge thing. And that's why I'm really looking forward to a lot of, a lot of these guys being able to uh, compete in different events. If you're normally a 200 runner, you can run the 400 and see how that feels or the hundred dash or whatever. Um, if you wanted to try the 10 K, if you're normally a five K guy, this, that's a great meet to do that. So it's uh, going to be fun to see how they all finish. I'm going to be rooting them on all Thursday. Hopefully there's a live stream so I can watch them all run super well live and as well as you, the fans can too. Um, and all that information can be found on the website under the track and field tab, the live events and more, or you can search whichever meet it's on. I'm sure you can find information as well. Sick. So going to be a great weekend running fast and hopefully not getting waned on, especially cats and dogs. Start fast, run fast in the middle and then finish fast. That's all you got to do. Can somebody put that on a t-shirt for me? It's pretty, it's pretty simple, really. It's pretty simple. <laughs> it's pretty simple. And then when you feel like slowing down, you just don't, you know? Okay. So when I'm tired, I'm just gonna be like, you could, sl- you could, you could slow down, down but or I'm not going to, or you couldn't and just run fast. That's what I did. Like when I had like in middle school, 
when we did like the turkey trot and stuff. Oh yeah. I just was like, I'm just gonna sprint this thing. <laughs> like I'm just gonna go as fast as I can. Like yeah, I'll be miserable when I finish. Like we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I threw up at the end of it, but I played second. So. Oh hey, second. That's pretty solid. That's a silver medal, my friend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's some good. That's stuff a turkey. Right there. That's a turkey trot. What yeah, was your time? Uh, I don't Do know. Remember? I was like 12 at the time, so I think like a like a 5:30 or something like that. Ah, interesting. That's fun. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, turkey trots are always fun. No, I'm man. not fast at all. I <laughs> think my mile time is like seven minutes or something like that. I'm not, ah, that's all good. Not in shape. People are made for different things. I'm made to run fast. And what would you what would you say your strength is? Me? Yeah. I have incredible hand eye coordination. There you go. You have better hand eye coordination than I do, and I just have more leg speed. Yeah. And then we can compliment each other. And not to my own horn or anything, but I got good hand-eye coordination. <laughs> no, I will attest to that. You do have really good hand-eye coordination. I yeah, mean, just that's right. Let just the people from, know. Just from playing I Am Basketball, I Am Hoops together, I could see totally that. Which also, by the way, we play so similar that literally half the time when we'd pass to each other, we'd pass right back in a flashier fashion, which I yeah. thought was really fun. Like you would drop a, an L, a Jason Williams elbow pass, and I'd try to throw you behind the back. Yeah. And every team was just like, what are they doing? And it's like, it's like the Globetrotters. It's like, you have no idea how long I've waited to play with somebody like Joe. <laughs> yeah. You know so how it much, is. It we, is so Joe, we, we mesh together really well. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We're going to run the table next year, dude. I was about to say, Your spoiler alert. Winter. We won our bracket. That is true. We forgot to mention that. I wasn't that. there. I, we I got almost, two chips. I almost broke my arm, so I couldn't play in the final game. But yeah, you know we took care is. of it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I may or may not have went 0 of 7 in the semis for like, Maybe and then I, I might have like two free throws. I had like two points and like it was like six boards or something. And then championship game just dropped the cash like nineteen and seven. Like yeah, it was no just the deal. total polar opposite. Deal. Yeah, it happened. I know my teammates definitely saw that and they were like, <clears throat> "Where did that come from?" But we'll run it back next year. Run we're gonna back. win that bracket once again, the yep. second time in a row. So it should yeah. be fun. We're gonna we got some work to do in flag mm-hmm. football though. Yeah. And I know there's going to be some teams hungry back for that. But finishing out the Fair State Sports Report. Tennis. Tennis is in action. They will be going to Midland to take on the Timberwolves of Northwood University in a GLIAC matchup. Uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, how they do, especially after um, at least one non-conference win uh, this weekend for the men. The women were not able to compete. Shucks. Um, but certainly going to be fun to see how they do. And, I mean, really looking to see them continue this role. Um, against a Northwood team that has been a little bit up and down this year. But overall, when it's come to the conference games, they figured it out. They're 3-1 and one right now, despite their 8-10 and 10 overall record, and can't overlook them going into this matchup. Yeah, true. They're a pretty solid team. Um, I'm just trying to check the standings real quick of where is it at. So, yeah, we're the, we're the top right now. Uh, we're going to be playing Wayne State as well right after Northwood the following day. But, like, it's honestly a pretty close run of it for these top four teams, us, Wayne State, Grand Valley, and Northwood. Uh, so I'm excited to see what we're going to be able to do uh, with these games, uh, especially seeing that, like, if we're able to really play well in the doubles, that's going to be the story of it. I know mean, we said it before, but that's kind of where we're able to get that momentum going is in the doubles section. Uh, but I think still we'll be able to really play well because we have so many good singles players. I mean, you got Yannick, who honestly his backhand is one of the main reasons why I think it throws a lot of people off because he'll be able to really do a solid return or a solid uh, serve, and then he'll return with his forehand, and then he'll just power it with the backhand, which he can kind of keep people on their toes a little bit. As well as Josh, he's been able to do really well uh, in that, I think it's three or four spot where he's at. And then you obviously have Matisse, who's, Matisse and Jan, who are the one and two, who have been playing really well too as well. So. Excited to see what goes on. It's a bit. I mean, there's some some pretty. Uh, I want to say constant. What is the what's that word? Like there's 
Like if we lose, it can kind of open up the standings a little bit. Yeah. I I'm forget what I mean. Costly? I've, costly? I don't know. Repercussions. There's some repercussions if we lose. Oh, okay. uh, because we'll be five and one, and it can kind of open up the up the door for Wayne State and Grand Valley. So, keep that thousand win percentage up, and I think it'll be pretty solid. Keep the thousand. Trend the hashtag. No, Wayne State's going to be a great matchup, especially on the men's side. Uh, I mean, right now they're the they're right now on our heels in second place. Right now at four and zero, we have the edge by the one game difference of five and zero. Uh, going into these upcoming matchups, but just got to make sure you stay the on track. Be able to play your game, play your speed, and when we are able to do that, we've had huge success too. And even on the women's side as well, we've seen that success as well, um, being able to play our style and being able to take care of business. But for the, the women, it's a really big weekend ahead. I know, Joe, you mentioned Northwood and Wayne State, both the teams coming up on the docket this weekend. Both teams 5-0 and on the women's side, and mm-hmm. they're currently ranked second and third, only trailing the Lakers, um, which I believe overall Northwood should be um, well, to have the most wins, but win percentage-wise, it is still in favor of the Lakers. They're ten and four. Northwood twelve and five. Yep. Seventy-one to seventy win percentage. Grand Valley gets the edge, but that can very much change, especially with yep. the weekend we got. We can pull a little. We can pull some upsets here. Climb up into second with head-to-head, mm-hmm. and then you're going into a huge good conference stretch where now Grand Valley's gonna have to take on some of those tough teams. This is a big opportunity for the lady squad, and I'm really liking the way the, the the chances are, the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I like it too. Honestly, sorry for yawning. Uh, I didn't get the best night's sleep last night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm liking it too, especially seeing like it's, it's the same with the men's side. Like it's pretty wide open for these top four teams. I mean, it's kind of the same thing where it's Grand Valley, Northwood, Wayne State, and us, but like. You know, if we're able to kind of upset Northwood, and I don't know who Grand Valley is playing this week, but if we're able to upset Northwood and kind of put ourselves in a little bit better of a situation, I think we're going to be pretty solid. They're playing Wayne State on Friday, Grand yep. Valley is. So, honestly, if there's losses all around the board and we can pick up the sweep for both the weekends for both the men and the women, we're going to be in a pretty solid spot, and it's going to be tied up basically all throughout the GLIAC uh, on both sides. So, that's what we like to see. Hopefully, we keep it rolling. And... uh you know, we'll see how it goes, especially with the doubles. Got to get it started right there. Now that we're not going to be at home anymore, it's going to be a little bit different. I think we're going to be outdoors as well at Northwood. I think they have uh, a spot where they can – I think they only have outdoors, don't they? Uh, I, can't they remember I can't remember. As long I'm... as it's not like raining cats and dogs like it has been over the last <laughs> couple of hours. So, But, I mean, it's been it's been raining all morning. But, yeah, the women's standings, I mean, this is it's such a unique situation. You don't see this very often. Uh, I mean, you got four teams right now with at least four wins, and then nobody in the league with two or three conference wins, and then everybody else has either one or no conference wins. It's just a polar, cut-down-the-middle, complete difference, black-and-white area yeah. as far as wins and losses are concerned. So, I mean, you look at a lot of what there is to come in these upcoming games, and like you just mentioned, Joe, all the top teams are playing each other down the stretch. So it's completely wide open as far as the one and two spot each team only within a one game of each other so yeah i'm really it's gonna be a fun weekend i'm really looking forward to seeing coach doran's squad playing really well continue their success and pull off a pair of bulldog upsets how fun would that be i would love to cover that for the torch man get yeah, a, give them some, yeah get some w's some big w's in the chat for this women's and men's tennis teams but you can follow that all along on the website, FairStateBulldogs.com. Finish out the Fair State Sports Report. I did forget to mention one thing before we go to the break and talk some NBA and MLB. Don't forget to come out next Tuesday 
for the Special Olympics benefit basketball game. Men's and women's basketball pairing up with the Special Olympians in a unified hand-to-hand basketball game, and it's going to be a blast. There's going to be some great festivities around the game as well to support Special Olympics, including silent auctions, a three-point contest, shootout between the fraternities and the sororities. That one's going to be fun. And also a dunk contest featuring both men's and Ferris State football players are going to be challenging the men's basketball team to a dunk contest as well. You are not going to want to miss it. That is Tuesday, April 19th at 7 p.m. Mark your calendars. It's going to be a wild time. You can find me and Joe there working the game. and we're It's going to be an absolute blast. I'm looking forward to this game, and the athletes are too. We've talked to Mallory McCartney and um, Jimmy Scholler about the game. They're looking forward to it. The teams are looking forward to it. The coaches are looking forward to coaching their teams. It's just going to be all around a fun night. And everybody wants to be there because it is going to be a memorable night. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. I think the dunk contest is going to be the coolest thing. Cause oh, you got yeah. The basketball play, you got. I mean, Aiden Shore is going to be there. He's got some crazy bounce. I mean, a lot of those guys are able to throw it down. If you've seen warm-ups of the basketball team, you know that they got some dunks in the package, which are going to be pretty solid. And then also, I mean, if you've seen IM when the football players are playing, they got <laughs> some crazy athletes on that squad too. So Yeah, we unfortunately have that experience. Yeah, we had to play, we had to play a good team. <laughs> that was a rough one. Yeah, Malik. You got us, my friend. You got us for sure. But it's I'm looking forward to seeing that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing all the money that will be raised towards it because it's going to be a, it's going to be a beneficial cause, and it's just going to be an absolute fantastic game. So I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, see you guys there. You can follow along on the Sports Cruise RSO pages to learn more information, as well as look on the Athletics website. As thank you for them for posting that, as well as on Ferris State University social media pages. You can find it basically anywhere um, to learn that information to come out. Where, when, how, why, and I forgot one. Where, when, why, how, who. Who, what? That's the easiest who, what, one. Who, what, when, where, how? Yeah, who, what, when, where, how. I always forget the who. That's the easiest part. But that's going to be a fun night. But I guess now we're on to the second half of the show. I guess so. All right. We'll see you in a minute. When Brandon and I first started our podcast, we didn't know really what to do. Bulldog Radio helped us out, but the one big thing that really made us really go to the next level was Anchor.fm. If you want to start your own podcast, go through Anchor.fm. They make it so easy. They make it a one-stop shop for you to record, edit, and publish your podcast. And not only that, they publish it to a whole bunch of different platforms for you to go on. I mean, we've talked about it. You got CastBox, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just to name a few. So if you guys want to start your own podcast, go on Anchor.fm. You can make your own account, start editing, start recording, and start publishing your podcast today. And we're back second half of the show. Uh, thank you all for tuning in once again. If you just joined us live, you can check out the first half of the show as well for all the Ferris State sports updates and more. But in the second half, transitioning on over into the professional circuit, starting on the diamond, we have baseball in 2022, and it just finished off a great season last season, and now into this next season after what has been a whirlwind of just absolute chaos when it came to the CBA agreement, the lockout, all the postponements, all the teams transitioning, all their players in free agency and via trades as well. It's a whole new league, it seems like, at this point. And off to a five-game start so far. A lot of teams up and high, a lot of teams down low. And right now, the Tigers, for all of us Motown fans, sitting at 2-3 and three right now. 
uh, through the first five. Joe, what are your thoughts overall on this Tigers squad? Um, I like where we're at, honestly. I mean, it's only five games, so you can't really say too much because it's not like you had a whole lot of development. But, I mean, people are already doubting Spencer Torgelson, but it's like not everybody is going to have, like, a jump start of their rookie year, right? They're not going to get, like, they're not going to go three for four in their first game and keep that up. Like, yeah, he did that in single and he did that in AAA, but, you know, when you get to get to the highest level, you're playing the highest level. You're playing the best pit- – you're going against the best pitchers in all of baseball. And I think when you look at, you know, especially with the the division that we're in with the White Sox being as hot as they are, it's a tough one for us to start off with that. We were able to get the win the first day, which was sick, uh, but – I think when you start off with them, it's always going to be tough. But, I mean, he did get his first hit. It was a double. It was pretty sick. Uh, he was playing. I think he's going to be just get even better as he goes on because he's going to get used to this pitching, and he's going to be fine because he's a beast at the plate. Baez is starting to play a little bit better than I thought he was going to. He's got, a, he's got what, one or two home runs. He's got that walk-off win. He's been playing pretty good at the plate, but – then again, there is times where he starts swinging at pitches that are way outside the zone. So he's kind of going back to his old self. So we'll see if he gets some improvement there. But I'm liking where we're at. I like how they moved Miggy to the DH spot and put Spencer at the first base, which I knew that they were going to be doing that because that's like the only reason I think we would have been able to have success there. Um, is Riley Green back yet? Riley Green is not back yet. Not back yet. That's what June, I thought. June, I believe, is the yeah, timeline. He's, gonna, he's got a little bit off. But, I mean, Haas has been playing pretty good when they move him between left field and catcher. I like him. Akil Badu as well. I'm, I'm liking where we're at. I like, the, I like how the team is shaping up. And especially with getting Austin Meadows, I think that's a pretty solid grab for us too. So, I'm liking, especially since we have uh, – who do we even play next? Uh, we play Brewer, or Boston today, like 1.30, so yep. in like 10 minutes. And then, like, we play uh, – I'm sorry, I'm pulling up the thing. And then we play the Royals, too, who are a little bit in shambles. Yeah, so yeah, I'm liking where we're at right now. Yankees, as well, is going to be a solid test uh, for these next couple weekends uh, coming up in these next couple weeks. But I think if Torkelson can kind of get a hold on the bat and really play well uh, and start to kind of get on a little bit of a roll, I mean, not already because it is early in the season, but kind of find a stride mid-season to late se- – or in the middle of the season and kind of propel us. I think we could really squeak into that wild card spot if the stars align. But next year, I think we're going to be even better because we're going to have probably going to have Riley Green back again. But once this season comes back and we have all our guys that are ready to play, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And for those people that are already like calling for Hinch to change the lineups and all of those sort of five things, games. Stop it. It's five it's, games. We are legit five games into in a, a one hundred and sixty-two game season. We have 157 more games. Yeah. Like, we're fine. We're not 5-0, and and that's a that's a problem? Last time we were 5-0, and we had, like, arguably the best, like, starting group out of all baseball. And, like, if you're going to say, like, we should be 5-0 and each year, if, like, there's that much hype around us, I don't even think there's that much hype around us anyways. I thought we were – we're doing better than I thought we were going to do, honestly. I thought we were going to start off, like, 1-4 or something like that. But, I mean, if we start off today, we're 500 already. So, that's solid. Or if we win today, solid. Love to see it. But, I don't know. People sometimes – I feel like they have too much of high expectations, like, right off the bat that they want to see it, that they're not, like, understanding, like, the long game. Because baseball is definitely a chess match when it gets to, like – uh, the middle of the season, especially the start, because you want to be able to kind of bring up the right players at the right time so that way they can develop the right way. And I think we're really playing our cards right right now. Yeah, we don't have a 5-0 and record, but 2-3 and three is nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah, for those people that are upset that we're not 5-0, and you just need to change your expectations a little bit. There's no team in baseball that's 5-0. and 
There's no team in baseball its own five. That's usually how the start of the season goes for every single team every There's single no team year. You can ever check go, the archives. There's no team that will ever go undefeated. No. It's just ever. it's just not a realistic expectation. But I do agree that there are some things that you were going to be looking at long term. And obviously it is early in the season. Uh, the young guys for sure you're looking at as far as how they're, some of them have had slower starts. Obviously Torkelson uh, has broken out finally with his first hit, but it took a while to get there. He's only got one hit, I believe, in 17 ABs so far this season. But those that remember in West Michigan when he started out in single A or single A, high A, that he started to struggle a little bit early on too. Yeah, he wasn't like hitting three home runs a game his first Sorry. couple of games in. He wasn't hitting dingers like that. It takes some time to get used to each pitching at each level, and we've seen that. For almost all the athletes going up into the top tier, obviously, do we want him to succeed right off the gate? Absolutely. Are we going to be reasonable with our expectations? I would hope so, because it takes time to make those adjustments. So, I mean, we're seeing all these guys, a lot of this young talent, finally getting grouped together to play this game of baseball, wearing the old English D. At least give them some time to get that chemistry and get the ball rolling, literally. I didn't mean to make that analogy, but it works perfectly in this situation. There's so many things that can go into this season that have questions. Let's not chomp at the bit to start dissecting those in game five. There's so so much time. It is just insane to me. I'd say you start talking about that when we've played everybody in AAL Central like one or two times. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of make the make the you know assessment there but yeah. i mean when you look at the al central i mean royals tigers or royals us and the twins we're all two and three guardians are just three and two and that was a pretty close game i think that they got to three and two on they haven't really been their bats have been pretty hot these last three games i mean a combined 37 runs in these past three games for them so they're going to be pretty solid but i mean there's if you look at the first three games like they didn't play super great even in spring training their bats weren't very hot so i think they're just on like a like a, it's good that they're on like that first like couple game streak where they're playing well, but it's not going to last forever. Like each team goes through slumps, so I think we're pre- going to be pretty sitting pretty. I think, especially with how the AL cent or yeah AL Central has kind of uh, played out so far. Yeah, give it some time, and for granted, the offense has been a little sluggish overall in the start. I mean, we're in the bottom bottom like quarter of the league as far as hits and runs are concerned, and we are the second lowest team as far as home runs um, and RBIs, I believe, so far this season. But you just have so much time still. Let Torgelson get used to it. You can, Akil Badu will, get you, will yeah, pick it up a little bit. Once Riley Green gets back, he can kind of be a little bit of a force. I mean, Miguel will probably get a, probably in the double digits this year. He's not going to get too crazy. I think he's probably going to reach that. He's going to reach the 3,000 hit mark any day now. Because he's probably going to have just one crazy. Because what's he at right now? Like nine away? Uh, somewhere eight, nine, away? eight or nine away now. Based so on he's going to be pretty today. solid. How many home runs does he have now? 500 something? Yeah, over 500. So, so yeah, he's going to he's gonna be fine. He's going to probably get, I think he's going to probably get near the 20 mark for home runs this season. But we'll get we'll get there. I mean, I think we just got to change up the way that we're going to be, we're going to be playing. We're not as much of a long ball team as we used to especially since that's kind of what we like heavily uh, depended on back in the days, like when we had like J.D. Martinez, Nick Castellanos, and like Prince Fielder and Miguel Cabrera and stuff like that. We had guys who could hit it far like all the time. But now it's kind of we got to adjust to a little bit more of, you know, get guys who can get on base, get the singles, get the doubles, a couple extra base hits here and there, and kind of pound away. Not small ball exactly, but we're not playing for a long ball either. So that's just kind of changing up the way that we're playing a little bit, and people got to get a little bit used to that. 
Yeah, we have the ninth worst ERA, the I think the sixth worst hit numbers, uh, and batting average in baseball right now, and we're sitting at two and three. That ain't bad. You'd think that would be a zero and five team. You would think right, or one and four. But we got people that are saying, you know, season's over. We're not four and one. Just stop. Just take a chill pill and we went, be patient. When we went, what was it, seven and zero or whatever to start that year? That's when we lost to the Giants in the World Series. Yeah, so, like, this is judging. This is literally a direct correlation of judging the Pistons after two games and the Lions after one week mm-hmm. for the entire season. We cannot do this. Like th- this is not how this works. We should not be judging a team based off of first five games can we make initial thoughts sure but in reality i can understand where some people are saying well we've given up runs in the first inning yeah to the white Sox, that are the third best team in baseball coming into this season with one of the most top five caliber offenses that we've seen in this league over the last three years yeah what did you think was going to happen that we were going to sweep them that's a little unrealistic would we love that absolutely and the time will come but with a young lineup in oh, pretty much a whole new lineup compared to last year, that's not going to happen immediately. It's oh, going yeah. to take time to get used to Comerica Park. You're going to be used to getting back on the mound because remember, half of these guys and all these teams for sure haven't had all the training all winter because of lockdown. Yeah. But in the lockout is basically prohibited a lot of the training options. There hasn't been a full spring training. Have they been able to get some time in? Yeah but not the full regular. And we know what that can entail to a franchise. We saw it in COVID with the NBA bubble. The Lakers won a championship. Now look where they're at. Teams adapt differently. Yeah, they have the a Detroit worse. Tigers need time. That Lakers team now has a worse record than when it was Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. So, yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, so, that is not great. But yes, For the love of what's good, please, fans out there, don't go calling don't the lose Twitter. Face. Don't jump ship just yet. Just let it play out a little bit. Give us at least 20 to 30 games first. Yeah, then we can get a better then grasp on everything. And we can make an idea on what this team is about. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of good good time this year, especially there's in some, uh, this MLB season. Me and Joe are in a fantasy league, so we're yep. going to be facing off once again, I think, I think right we're now. next week. Yeah, I think next, next week, week we're facing off. Ooh, that's going to be fun for sure. So. Yep. I'm excited for it. There's some other pretty comp- or competitive uh, divisions out there so far, kind of on the NL as well. I mean, NL West is getting pretty good. You got Rockies who are 4-1, and one, Padres who are 4-2 and two right now. They're going to be a pretty – I think that one's probably going to be the best one, as it has been for oh, the past yeah. couple of years. Uh, that's probably going to be the best uh, division out of everybody. The Central for the National League is starting to pick it up as well. Cubs and Cardinals are kind of battling out. I mean, only four games played between – or four games for both of them so far, but still, it's going to be exciting. Uh, and then, I mean, AL East, there's not really too much. I feel like AL like has more of like the front runners for everything. Like they have like teams who are definitely going to be better than everybody else, and it's kind of more of a disparity. But nationally, it's kind of more spread out. I think mm-hmm. so. We'll see what goes on. AL East, I'm going to be looking forward to, especially seeing kind of Yankees if they're going to kind of pick up that disappointment that they had last year, and uh especially the AL West, too, if the Angels are going to be able to kind of piece something together now that they have a Shohei who's finally fitting, new, fitting into a groove from last year, uh, just absolutely pounding the ball. He's going to be doing the same thing this year, and especially the Astros, too, are unfortunately playing good. <laughs> unfortunately. did you, Were you unfortunately 
uh, gifted. Uh, who is it? It wasn't Altuve. I have Abreg. You have Abreg. That's right. I remember seeing that. I don't mind Abreg, but like still. It's a trash drove. Yeah, it's a trash drove. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, AL Central, we're going to be watching very closely with the White Sox. For and sure. The Twins and us, for sure, as the front runners. Um, but I mean, you look at a lot of the other the other divisions too. I really agree with you that the NL uh, definitely has a lot of good caliber teams. I mean, the NL West is just going to be an absolute show. I mean, for sure, take out the Diamondbacks for just a few minutes and put and see the Rockies, the Padres, the Giants, and the Dodgers. I mean, that's going to be a really fun division. Yeah, you got star-studded teams for all those guys. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like right now you're seeing what Chris Bryant's doing with the Rockies, and outside of that, <laughs> outside of that one crucial error and him having a little bit of a slower start. That team's mm. been playing pretty well. They got four wins so far despite that sluggish start, so they're going to be okay. And then you got a lot of other good teams in the NL as well that are looking to make runs as well. We're seeing what the Mets are all about. We're seeing what the Braves can do and that they can try to repeat. Uh, if the Phillies will finally break out with their new method of trying to do to create this team uh, in a different way than a lot of other teams do. So I think you got a lot to look forward to this upcoming MLB season. I mean, we're going to see a lot of change happening for sure um, over this trade deadline. If this preseason market tells us anything about what to expect, that certainly is something. So teams are more urgent to win now than ever in this market. So we're looking forward to seeing all those moves being made. And I mean, in reality, uh, a lot of baseball is probably going to fly out of the yard this year now. So it's going to be it's going to be really interesting, even though we had the, the juicing experiment uh, out. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Do you know what the average lifespan of a baseball is in Major League Baseball? Like three pitches. Seven pitches. Seven pitches. And then I thought it was going to be. Honestly. And it's gone. Like a baseball is used for seven pitches. Well, in high I mean, school, we'd use one. Well, we'd use like a set of balls for like oh, it seems like at least almost a month. <laughs> yeah, you get like a pack of baseballs, and you have to make sure that three of them last like a double header. Yeah, at least. So that way you don't, because not in the budget. But I mean, I guess it may, that's not really too, too surprising for major leagues, because anytime the ball gets in the dirt, like for catchers, they give it away. And I mean, every time it's a foul ball, they just don't really care about. It. Every time it's a home run, I guess. And then like every time that there's an out, like a third out, they give it to the crowd. So like you're going through, I'd probably say what three dozen balls a game at, at least. At least, yeah. Three three dozen, if not more. So I mean, that's not really too surprising when you actually look into like the what actually like why they change the balls out and stuff i think the main reason is because every time it gets caught in the dirt or whatever anytime a catcher scoops it they give it to the ump and then they just toss it away Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's it's very interesting to see those kind of stats and tidbits and facts we should bring back joe's fact of the day that should might return next year leave a comment maybe you know what we'll put it in the we'll put it in the spotify question so if you listen on spotify you'll see the question and you can vote yes or no to bring back joe's fact of the day Oh, those are definitely fun. I miss those. You always got to stump me every single time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I always tried, I tried really so good. hard. Yeah, I came up with some big ones. You did for sure. But uh, ending out the show, final subject here. Going to the NBA play-in tournament is upon us, and mm-hmm. one team that is not in it is our hometown Pistons. I and see it. it was a struggle this season for sure with its roller coaster ups and downs. But, I mean, what I... did you really expect? I guess is really – I mean, I would have loved to get 30 wins this year. But I think with this roster, that might have been just a little bit too much to ask. But 23-59, yeah. uh, finished out the season on a little bit of a low note with those three straight losses. But you look at what this team did after the All-Star break yeah, you look at some with of the Marvin Bagley. Yeah. This team looks much, much better than what they started the year at. Yeah, and I think the city of Detroit in like 
the state of Michigan as a whole like recognizes that like we're actually starting to kind of pull stuff together because when you look at Sadiq Bay, he had that really great performance. Well, how many points he scored? Like thirty something plus, and he was like the first. What I forget the actual like stat line or whatever, but he was playing really well. I want to say he had a almost. A, I think he had a fifty point. Did he have a fifty I point? Wanna 50 say, burger? I have to look back on. I that. believe it because he was playing pretty solid. He honestly like especially when you got guys coming off the bench like Magruder, who's been playing really well. Jackson is all right. He gets a couple. He has a couple breakout games, but especially when you look at Cade Cunningham and kind of how he's been able to morph into one of the leaders of the team, being so young, that's really promising. Now that you look at kind of where the team is going to go, we have a young core who has the potential that can really just be to the moon uh, for what we can really do with this with really do with this squad. Seeing, I mean, because I was I think been to three or four games that, uh, this season, and each time like they played tough teams. Like I think they played like the Nets one time. They played the Bucks. I was at the Bucks game like last week, and I was at another game. I think it was against like I forget who it was against. But it was against really tough teams, and like they still showed out pretty well. I mean, despite the thirty-point loss against the Bucks, like we started out that first half or that first quarter, I think zero for fourteen from three. So if yeah. you look at that, we're right there with them if we just make half of that, half of those points. So I think when you look at it, we're gonna be pretty solid. There's some games that I think we really gave up. There's some games that we you know snuck out. But I'm really excited to see what we do, especially now that we locked a good spot in the draft, and we're gonna be able to pick somebody up. Are we going to pick up kind of a four spot? What are we going to do? I think we're good with the five because you have the garbage man, Luca Garza, who is kind of starting to play. I mean, he got a little bit more minutes, especially in the last couple of games of the season. But I'm liking where we're at. I think we we have a pretty solid spot, especially if we want to give it away for like equity or draft equity or whatever, or what, or what we want to do. I think it's going to be really solid. We got a lot of choices to do in this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you look at this team, over the last 20 or all over the really the last 20 games altogether and just since the all-star break you can look at the charts and see how much of a difference that it has been down the stretch this team has played so much better and I mean you look at a lot of what this team overcame especially the struggles early on I mean you had guys that just could not score the basketball uh, I mean you had guys like Cade and Sadiq that were going through some hard really hard slumps and you'd be relying on guys like Corey Joseph to score which that's not his primary goal to score. He's more of a facilitating guy. But you see, like, uh, you see really good performances all year um, from a lot of good players. I mean, we got what we saw from Cade. He's really one of the best rookies this year, if not the best. Um, for sure, that argument can be made. But I think you see a lot of these players are down the line that we're going to have to make some decisions about um, if we're going to keep Josh Jackson um, in, in uh, the later parts of the season, obviously getting rid of some of those guys already. Um, I mean, you got guys like Hammy, what is he going to fit next year? Uh, Killian, if they're going to potentially move on from him. I, I'm personally uh, more on the side of keeping him at this point for depth and defensive presence. But, I mean, you got a good pick in the draft. You're right, Joe. I mean, you look at a lot of those guys that we will potentially have on board um, with a guy like Pelo, Pelo Banquero. Uh, you got a lot of guys like Jabari Smith up there as well. Um, maybe, maybe Chet Holmgren. I'm not sold on him just yet, but... Uh, I think there's a lot of different it's ways meat you can on go. Bones. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun draft, and I think really you're going to see a lot of where this team is going to be looking down the line. You know, I mean, seeing those performances. Yeah, it was Bay, I, Sadiq Bank. I looked it up, 51 points against the Magic. I believe it was a month ago. So yeah. um, that was just a huge game for him. But he's going to definitely solidify his spot as the leading point scorer overall this season for this team. But I think you see where this team's looking long term, and I think the biggest question mark 
truly is where is Jeremy Grant going to be next season? Is he going to be in Detroit like he wants to be? Or is the front office going to deal him and potentially build off of a guy like Paulo Boncaro and put him in that spot? Because we know teams are looking at him. We've had offers from him all the time. Mm-hmm. And you see, it seems like every single trade deadline, he's out of here. He, somebody's going to get him. There's a suitor out there somewhere. Someone's going to pull the trigger. And every year, he's back. And he's still with us. And I'm I'm really appreciative of the the the, the, the emphasis of how he wants to be in Detroit. I really love that. Um, but overall, I mean, the, the front office is definitely has their ideas and what they want to do um, for this franchise. And I think there's a lot of good young core. Um, just need the, once we build that foundation, I think it's really similar to what the Lions are doing right now. You build that culture, you build that young core, and then you'll start to bring people in slowly and slowly. Like next year, we'll get maybe a couple of signees. And I know Troy Weaver has said that they're going to be trying new measures this year to get players and really go outside the box. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what that brings, especially what he brought us in his in our first draft of the season. All that stuff was just absolutely crazy. Uh, but there's a lot to look forward to um, with this team. Obviously, we're not in the play-in tournament. Some other teams are, and some teams are taking it very seriously more than others. But uh, overall, I think it's going to be a great end of the regular season, and I think there's a lot of teams that can fight for the chip. And hopefully Detroit will be there one day. I hope they'll be there one day. I'm excited, too. I'm hoping I'm hoping Detroit can really turn around in these next couple of years because it's been since, like, what, 2000s? Early, early 2000s when we won that uh, championship and kind of when Ben Wallace retired since we – been actually good and been competitors so we'll see what happens yeah it's going to be very interesting but a lot of good playing games coming up in the tournament this weekend uh i it's just really it's really been fun already timberwolves yeah shout out to the timberwolves i know i just kind of mentioned them uh i mean wow (laughs) that was just absolutely nuts to see um, that game, especially the fact that they celebrated winning the plane like it was a championship with Patrick Beverly having a beer in the press conference. What are you doing, dude? That was like the Stephen A meme. It's like, what are you celebrating for with all uh, that story about Kobe and whatever? But, I mean, it was certainly fun. I mean, we saw a great performance also from Brooklyn and Kyrie um, getting those guys into the postseason to take on the Celtics now. Um, but, I mean, we got some good games tonight as well. I mean, LaMelo and Trey Young going to be facing off in the 9-10 game on the west side. Then you got the Pelicans somehow that are still uh, still alive against the Spurs. So, I mean, we got some good ones here tonight. But a lot of good matchups here because I think right this year this tournament seems like it's more wide open than it has been ever. Yeah, I think that's one thing that, like, is pretty interesting to see because we don't really have any teams who are, like, crazy crazy good like people thought it was gonna be lakers people thought you know if uh steph was gonna stay healthy through when they got clay back that that was gonna be the the warriors again but there really hasn't been anybody that's just been like rolling everybody i mean you might be able to make the conversation for like the heat bucks and celtics a little bit and like the 76ers because they've are a little bit like pretty far over uh 500 but i think just the suns are like the only people who are the only team who i think is actually like you know the top top i guess that's probably they're the favorites to win everything i think but they haven't really been a team who's just been blowing everybody out and it's just been crazy it's just a team who's been able to develop the right way and kind of have their players really step up and be able to play and kind of play into their system really well as well as you know devin booker playing really solid uh and i mean you just got guys who are able to really place really well i mean deandre ayton as well too has kind of Developed into a really good center. Chris Paul, too, uh, you know, has been able to open the floor. So I'm excited for Phoenix, too, because they kind of deserve that. I'm ex- 
and especially losing in the finals in the bubble. That's gonna, or no, wait, losing in the finals last year. Yeah, I'm getting my years mixed up. <laughs> Time's flying too fast, and yeah. I'm old. But three times a charm. Uh, but there's so much to watch for in this tournament. I mean, obviously the Suns, uh, they they want to get that chip back. They want to take it for sure. And I think you you look at a lot of what we were seeing. Um, from the Suns, and I mean that team right now, I think is by far what you would consider like the favorite runaway uh, team that could just run through the tournament just for the way they've played. It, and it's really been it's really been crazy. But I think you look at a lot of these other teams too. Like I mean, especially the Grizzlies right now. I mean, the Grizzlies have been spectacular this season. I mean, they're sitting in the two seed. They're going to be taking on Patrick Beverly and company um, in the play-in game, but. You look at what those teams have done, even Golden State as well, where they've built some of their young guys around for these moments of injury. I mean, look how well Memphis played without John Morant when he was out earlier this season. You had guys like Desmond Bain step up huge. I mean, you got leadership in Steven Adams and that crew, Dylan Brooks on and so forth. You have all those pieces around, when, and then you get job back. It's just that exclamation point you need to end in the games. And you look at a lot of those teams, and you're like, man, there's a lot of potential that you can get out of these young guys in the postseason. Because, I mean, Golden State right now, they're going to be relying on Jordan Poole to fill in for Steph's spot while he's still injured. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that team goes as a three seed because they're going to be taking on Jokic and the Denver Nuggets uh, as a six seed, who we know can be very, very tough when it comes to the postseason. But, I mean, for sure in the Eastern Conference, you got Miami that will likely be playing uh, an eight, nine, or a ten seed, and could potentially roll in that game. Um, but then you got some—you really got some coin flips, I think, in my mind, especially when it comes to the Toronto 76er series. I really like what Philadelphia is doing, and I like their chances even against the Heat when they face off one on one or one on one potentially uh, in the Eastern Conference semis. But mm-hmm. and then you got other teams where, like, the Boston Brooklyn series should be awesome. Like that should be a fantastic series overall. It's not got the allure like the Milwaukee Chicago, obviously that one locational regional wise is going to be a fun matchup for their their proximity of each other but I mean you look at what the Boston Brooklyn series is going to bring with the stars that's that's the one that should number one see all the the ratings this upcoming because Brooklyn as a seven seed they ain't no seven seed you could put a number next to them but when you got all those guys firing on all cylinders and Katie Kyrie oh look out that team could be a title contender as a seven seed yeah that's crazy I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I, yeah, how, like, spread out everything is. Like, you have, like, the teams who have, like, superstar duos are down low because it just didn't work out. But when playoff time comes, we'll see what happens. I think Kyrie especially, like, if he was, you know, healthy all the time, and especially if that whole, like, vaccine debacle didn't go down and everything else, like, I think if he, you know, was just, like, there the whole time, I think that hardened Kyrie and that uh, Kevin Durant trio could have worked out a lot better but I think still with the two of them I think their games honestly complement each other's pretty well because Katie is more of like a like Kyrie is more of just a kind of create space dribble and drive type guy and he'll dish it off every once in a while but Katie is more of like a I'll kind of he's Katie or excuse me Kyrie's been known to kind of pull up from three and kind of cre- when he creates space but Katie's more of that guy who kind of can put it on the line and make those shots as I mean Kyrie also made it or ice the game on Christmas Day against the Warriors, but I think KD is more known for that, so I think they complement each other well enough. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be fun for sure. Uh, early predictions for me, um, I would definitely... I think it's so hard not to pick Phoenix in that scenario. I would love to see 
Phoenix and Memphis face off in a series, that that'd just be young stardom through the roof. Um, as far as that, Eastern Conference though, little seems like more wide open. I really like the way that the Mavericks were playing later on in the season without Doncic. I think they could get bounced first round by a good Jazz team. Fundamentally, that team is very sound and always has been. So that could be scary for them. But I mean, Eastern Conference, you got a really wide open uh, overall bracket. I think you can see a lot of potentially. We're gonna see maybe even like a, a Boston, uh, Philadelphia would be my probably my choice as far as what I would want to see. I think Miami's done fantastic. I think they're playing great basketball. Um, they just there's always one one seed that flames out in the tournament. And right now, if I had to pick one, I'm gonna probably pick Miami to be that one over Phoenix. So. I'm going to really looking forward to seeing how this NBA play-in tournament goes. And I think the play-in tournament certainly is starting to get its stardom here a little bit. I think Alden Silver's idea, I think, is really getting encouraged by the fan base. And I think it might stick around long-term because people are loving that uh, we're having some of these lower teams get an opportunity. And frankly, they earn their way there. they got to yeah. win two straight games to get in if you're a 9-10 to 10 seed. So that's probably well-deserving if you're going to get into the tournament altogether. And that just shows that the competition is next level when it comes to the Professional Basketball Association. Yeah, I kind of that's what I really like about uh like Adam Silver and like he's been really able to I think his con- contributions and like his ability as the commissioner have been incredibly good. Uh if you look at just everything that he's done uh like through NBA like especially with dealing with Kobe's death and stuff, I think he really did a good job of making sure like they honored him and stuff like that as well as you know naming the All-Star MVP after Kobe and making sure that like there's enough that he's doing, especially like when you look at like the community work and stuff like that. I feel like he's been having a lot more emphasis on that. And then also just with the gameplay too, making it so it's more competitive near the end for those teams who, you know, are just on the outside, like those 11, 12, 13 seeds. Usually you wouldn't see them try too hard uh, at the near the end of the season because they're like, okay, well, there's no chance we're going to make it. But in this playing game, you see a little bit more of a competition and more of a heated, uh, you know, difference between these type of type of games late in the season so i love the playing tournament it's one of my favorite things yeah absolutely i'm looking forward to seeing how all of this will play out especially over the upcoming weeks the nba playoffs is here and upon us and it's going to be a wild ride until the end but thank you guys for tuning in so much we appreciate your listen don't forget to subscribe and follow if you liked what you heard um as well as be sure to follow us on social media at the mbsp on twitter and instagram uh to get all the exclusive news and updates regarding our show ferris state professional collegiate sports all together we give you the stuff that you want to hear especially in proximity and we strive to do so. But until next week in our NFL mock draft, Joe, take care, everybody.